Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. Now go to our back to our worship service. I'm so grateful that uh, today we have a guest speaker, but he is not really a guest. Many of you are very familiar. Lloyd Graves and his wife, Wendy Graves, have been part of the Middletown Church family for many years. They are both involved in women's ministries and men's ministries. Uh, Lloyd and Wendy own a successful business here local in town, in fact, not too many miles from here. And, but most of all, they are good, faithful Christians and Lloyd is my prayer partner in our, for the last seven weeks uh, in our Holy Spirit small group. So I want to turn my time to Lloyd now. I invited him to share the message from the Lord with us this morning. Lloyd, this is your time. God bless. Well, thank you, Pastor Marius. And I heard someone mention earlier, it may have been during children's story, that, you know, this has been a, a year. It has, hasn't it? And I'm not talking about 2021. Um, I'm referring to the last 11 months. Um, this is one for the books. You know, when, when I sat, uh, or Wendy and I sat in a pizzeria in Chicago, Illinois in November, of 2019 doing our strategic planning not only for our business but for ourselves we did not know what was in store for us in the next few months right after I celebrated my 48th birthday on March 13th of 2020 the governor of the state of Kentucky shut down all business and being a business owner you can imagine what happened that weekend? He shut down all business March 19th of 2020 and having at the time 10 employees including my wife and that being our sole means of financial support. You can imagine how I felt. But I wasn't really thinking about self. I started thinking about the people that God allowed me to employ. So we had to devise a plan on how we were gonna scale back our business enough to survive how many ever months or years this pandemic was gonna take us through. So we made the hard decision sitting at our kitchen table that we were gonna go in that Monday and lay off the entire staff. That's how deep the cut would need to be if we weren't allowed to keep our doors open. Now, we were fortunate, unlike many other businesses, you know, we had money in the bank, God blessed us, and, and so many of our clients started sending the checks in, and they didn't have to. So within that week, I think we, we received over $70,000 that was owed to us. But the Bible says, without vision, the people perish. So I couldn't sit back and rest on my laurels and say, we have a savings, I, I can keep the people employed, not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring, 
I still had to make the deep cuts. So in the back of our shop on that Monday morning, I laid out the plan going forward. And I told my employees that we would not only let them draw unemployment, but we were going to open our computers up that morning so they could go on, online and get a, a head start because we knew that the over 4 million people in the state of Kentucky would be flooding the unemployment office's computers, which they did. And fortunately for our employees, they all got unemployment. And we were blessed as much that most of our clients didn't pull all their orders. They continued to order, not in the volume that they, they had previously, and we had work to do. So not only did they get to draw unemployment, but I hired them to come back to supplement their unemployment so they could still make what they were making pre-COVID. So we were blessed and we were fortunate. And I prayed every day that God would give me the wisdom to lead in this time, and he has. But he did something even more um, astounding than that. You know, and this, actually it's not even part of my part of my lesson. I was wondering how I was going to stretch 30 minutes because I can talk very fast. So <laughs> I, can, I can do my sermon in about 15 minutes. But I just wanted to let people know, those here in attendance today and those watching online, that we serve a living God, a just God, a God that cares and is compassionate and a God that walks with us even when we don't feel like he's with us. And that goes to the topic for my sermon, Lost Focus. So again, thank you, Pastor Marius, for inviting me to speak today. Um, thank you, Middletown, those in attendance, and those watching online for your prayers and attention today. And those of you that, that don't know us, um, my name is Lloyd Graves. That's my wife, Wendy. Um, we have attended Middletown now roughly for about 14 years, give or take. Um, my wife is the Louisvillian. I'm not from Louisville, even though she would probably say that I am because I've lived here for almost 26 years. We just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. And we, last month as a matter of fact, and we've been together for 23 years. We have two children, a boy and a girl. Um, our daughter is expecting her second child with her husband. Our son right now is serving in the armed forces in South Korea. And he will be back in Louisville, I think, in August, and then he will go on to Fort Hood in Texas. Um, now, that wasn't my plan for him, but I am very proud to say he was promoted this week from private to private first class. And I told him, I said, well, now it's time for you to start sending us an allotment to pay back some of that money we spent, <laughs> you know, since you're getting these pay raises. Um, but our... Um, text today is from Matthew 25, 1 through 13. It reads, the kingdom, of heaven is, uh, the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Fi and five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil, but the wise took oil in their vessels and their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made, The bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet, them, meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. 
And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for, your lamp, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward also came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity given me today to speak your word. I ask humbly that your spirit live in me and speak through me to whoever may need to hear these words today. Bless us as a congregation and as a church. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, as I was deciding what to speak about, the enemy was busy, busy keeping me distracted. My focus was off. I would find myself doing other things other than preparing for what I was supposed to be doing here today. Have you guys ever done that? You know you have something important to do, but every time you sit down to do it, you seem to get distracted and you lose focus. It seems that there is always something else to do. Nothing near as important as what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you have work stuff, school stuff, things to do around the house, working out, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and even another Bible study or two. Sometimes we can stay so busy we lose focus. In the opening pages of his book, The Resolution for Men, author Kendrick Alcorn gives a scene of a man named Jack. Jack is being startled awake by his wife and three children, by the screams of his wife and three children. He thought he was dreaming, but it wasn't a dream. He had fallen asleep at the wheel. His wife had grabbed the steering wheel trying to correct the car, but she overcorrected, and the minivan was careening towards a guardrail. Jack knew he had to do something to save his family, so he slammed on the brakes, sending, everybody, sending everyone jolting forward, their seatbelts locking them into place, and the tires burning out as he stopped inches from hitting the guardrail overlooking a long drop-off. Now, I know we've all been on road trips, going on vacation or a really long drive with our families in tow, and as the driver, our main objective is to get everyone there safely. And if you're like me, you want to get there faster than what Google Maps tells you the estimated time of arrival is. But sometimes, like Jack, the father in the story, we lose focus. We try to stay awake, we try to talk, we listen to the radio, we sing songs, we count down the miles, but once it gets quiet, once everyone else is asleep and we're alone, we lose focus on the task at hand and we fall asleep. This story, like many others, reminds me of the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Now, unlike the father in the story, these verses tell us that the wise and foolish virgins were prepared. Or some might say even the father in the story was prepared, or he wouldn't have undertaken the road trip. And he, like the foolish virgins, might have thought he was, but to find out, we must dig a little deeper into both of these stories. The reason I like parables is because there's always an underlying metaphorical meaning. 
As you may know, the parable is telling us that the wedding is the second coming. The bridegroom is Jesus. And we are the wise and foolish virgins, the bridesmaids. The lamp is the word of God. The oil is the Holy Spirit. And the extra oil the wise virgins had is the latter rain needed to get them through to the end. You see, Jack had the same problem as the foolish virgins. As the foolish virgins. The story of him falling asleep and almost killing his entire family is just a euphemism for Jack losing focus and falling asleep at the wheel as the head of his family. You see, Jack, just like the foolish virgins, was a good guy, a family man. He attended church, did the carpool lane pickup with the kids, took the kids to practice, whatever activities, whenever needed. But while doing all those things might seem good, Jack was just mailing it in. Don't get me wrong, Jack loved his family. But with work, kids' activities, spending, wife, spending time with his wife, Jack, like most of us, settled into a routine of so-called everyday life. Even at church, Jack served as a deacon. He helped out with church maintenance whenever needed. He was always the first with a happy Sabbath and a smile. He also did the occasional Bible study for good measure. But that's pretty much the gist of Jack's Christian walk. Outside of church, Jack was a good family man, a good husband, a good neighbor, a good Christian. But Jack lacked passion. He, liked, he lacked real dedication. He had no dedication to Christ. Jack lacked the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't like he had never heard of it. There were people in his church that invited him and his wife, Sarah, to learn about the Holy Spirit. The pastor even preached about needing and obtaining the Holy Spirit. But Jack felt there were two types of Christians, normal Christians like him and the overzealous Christians like some of the others that went to his church that were always talking about this Holy Spirit. I know, I, do, I don't know where Jack, like the foolish virgins, lost their way. Maybe after baptism, like so many of us, nobody told them what was next or what the next step needed to be. As Christians and believers in Christ, we are to model Christ. In Luke 3, 21 and 22, after his water baptism, he was also baptized by the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verses 4 and 5, he told the disciples to wait from the promise from the Father that John baptized with water, but they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And days later, they were at Pentecost. We also know from Acts 10, 44 through 46, and even after Pentecost, many, many others received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So maybe Jack, like the foolish virgins, fell victim to the sleepiness of being a normal Christian, as Jack liked to put it. But that allows them and us to lose focus. And it allows the enemy to have victory over us and the church. Author Dennis Smith, in his book, 10 Days of Prayers and Devotions to Experience the Baptism of the Holy Spirit, on page 30, paragraph 2 says, Satan does not want you to understand or experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he has done much to confuse and mislead concerning this especially important Bible teaching. Now, I don't know. Maybe Jack and the foolish virgins thought they were full up, thought they were good, and thought that the wise were just being overzealous. But like the foolish virgins, Jack had fell asleep long ago. He didn't realize the power needed to raise a family or last to the end was at his very fingertips. 
It was right there in his church. It had been offered to him, just as I assume it had been offered to the foolish virgins. But maybe there was too many distractions, too much work to do, too much success to be had, so many places to go and so many choices to make. Jack, the foolish virgins, and the church today, we've lost focus. We've fallen asleep. Revelation 3, 14, 22 reads, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. I would thou were hot or cold. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither nor hot, I would spew thee out of my mouth. Because, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy from me gold refined in the fire that, the, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou, thou may seest. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice, open the door, and I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne. As I, has also, has, as I have also overcame and sat down with my Father in his throne. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Christ is calling us to wake up. Before it's too late, before we hit the guardrail, he is offering us a chance at salvation. We know the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all. It is biblical. 1 John 3.24 says, And he that keepeth the commandments dwelleth in him, and he in them. And hereby we know that he abideth in us, and by the Spirit which he hath given us. Now this upcoming part is pretty funny, because we talked about this the other night in our group, and I promise you, I'd already written this. I'm a fourth generation Adventist. A Bible worker knocked on the door of my great-granny's house one day on the west side of Chicago. My grandmother's life was transformed by the truth she heard from that Bible worker. And once she gave her life to Christ, she went on with the help of the Holy Spirit to convert all her grown children. Her sisters, her brothers, who then converted their children, who trickled down to the great-grandchildren. Now, I will tell you, I have an exceptionally large family in Chicago. But we are also spread across seven states and two other countries. Not all of us are Christians, and I, but I would say there are several hundred of us who are that stemmed from that Bible worker. Wow. Now, even though I was born into the Adventist family, I was still born a sinner and into a sinful world. My lineage couldn't save me any more than I can save my wife or kids. And for many years, I rebelled against the Christian upbringing that I was taught. I fought really hard not to be like the overzealous, like Jack talked about in his story. I wandered from the teachings I had learned as a child. My exploits in the world would probably be better than most pirate stories or the tales of Huckleberry Finn. And that's not bragging. 
But by the power of the Holy Spirit and a lot of praying saints, God saw fit to redeem me through his son, Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8 says, but ye shall receive power that after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto both Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. He's not just saying that to the early Christians. That's what, we, that's what we, like the early Christians, are called to do, to be witnesses. We are, at, we are to ask and receive the Holy Spirit so that our testimony will be made more powerful. So that we may not be afraid to give our testimonies. No, we are not all preachers or teachers, but we are all witnesses and we all have a testimony. Acts 16, verses 6 through 15 tells us how the Holy Spirit diverted Paul to go to Macedonia where he converted Lydia and brought the gospel to Europe. Acts 8 verses 26 through 40 tells us the story of how Philip was sent to a road in the middle of nowhere where an Ethiopian eunuch was in his chariot returning home after traveling a great distance not to have found what he was looking for in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit prompted Philip to get closer at just the right time to hear what he was reading so Philip could offer help. He could offer him help and tell him the story in Isaiah was, was what the story in Isaiah was about. Out in the middle of nowhere, that Ethiopian accepted Christ and was baptized, and the word spread to Ethiopia. Now, on what may seem to be a smaller scale, 15 years ago, the Holy Spirit touched the heart of an unchurched wife to ask her husband, wasn't it time that they find a church? The husband, like Jack, was content, was content and asleep at the wheel. He was okay with his whole home life. He was blissfully happy like the foolish virgins. And so one day the Holy Spirit touched his wife and his life changed forever. That wife that the Holy Spirit touched and prompted was my wife. The great-grandson of the grandmother who had planted the seed so long ago. Now the Holy Spirit was going to finish the work and sow that seed right here in Middletown. These are just several of many, many stories of God using his spirit to work through man and woman to spread Christianity and sow and reap his harvest. That Bible worker was spirit-filled, was a spirit-filled witness whose lamp was full and changed the heart of my grandmother who then witnessed and changed the hearts of her whole family for generations. But we say we're not teachers, we're not preachers, we're not evangelists. The work starts in our homes. Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, page 86 says, impress upon them that all necessity of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the sanctification of the church, so that they will be living, growing, fruit-bearing trees of the Lord's planting. Fruit-bearing trees of the Lord's planting. I was a little boy when my great-grandmother passed. She wasn't a large woman. She didn't even talk a lot. She loved to cook, and she loved the Lord. Besides cooking, that's all she really talked to me about. She didn't let her lamp go out. 
She didn't fall asleep at the wheel. She bought the refined gold, the white raiment and the eye salve. Once her lamp was lit like the wise virgin, she didn't lose focus. She planted the seed for some of the rest of us in her family for the Holy Spirit to one day send others to sow. So my prayer for you today is not that you become great preachers and teachers, but that you become great doers. Doers of the word. Remove the distractions so you can hear the promptings, the callings, and sometimes, like in my case, the great symbol clanging of the Holy Spirit calling you out. Don't allow being busy to be a distraction. Don't allow the business of being a good church person be a distraction. Don't lose focus. Thank you.